0: Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan.
1: The scripture this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 1 through 3a. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come and eat. Come, buy the wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. This is the word of the Lord. As we attend the New Testament passage today, this is one of Jesus' last teachings to the disciple, a disciples, a very important teaching. So listen for God's word. I give you a new commandment. That you love one another. By this, everyone, just as I have loved you, you should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This is the word of the Lord. This is a sad day. It is a very difficult day, is it not? And all of us gathered here have gathered like men and women and children, in houses of worship all over the world. And we gather to try to make sense out of the horror in Paris. But we can't do that because it's senseless. We will not be fixed here today. The world will not be fixed here today. But maybe, just maybe, friends, we will be helped by turning our attention appropriately to love and our high calling to love. Love, the alternative to terror and violence and fear. Our New Testament passage today has Jesus teaching the disciples, he says something a little curious. He said, this is a new commandment. Mandamus is that word. A new commandment to love one another. And you know, the disciples could have said, oh, you've been telling us to love people for a long time. So what's new? I want to suggest to you what is new are five little qualifying words that come in this passage that haven't appeared anyplace else. Jesus says to love as I have loved you," "Oh, He's in the upper room. They know what's, they learn what is happening the next day. This is a new kind of love. This is a sacrificial love to love as Jesus loves us. When the New Testament writers wanted to write about this love, there were primarily, in Greek, only two words predominantly used for love. And they were uh, eros and philios. And the New Testament writers knew that this kind of love was beyond that kind of love. This kind of love was a divine love. And so Raymond Brown, in his commentary on John, says, the New Testament writers went and grabbed a very little-known, little-used word for love, and it's that one you and I know as agape. Where this is new love. This is divine. This is sacrificial. To learn more about the nature of that love, we need to look only in the New Testament, where in the same Gospel of John, we hear the words, God so loved The world that God gave God's only Son, that we won't perish, but we'll have eternal life, love forever. Frederick Buechner has said, "There is no place safe you and I can hide from God's love, for he says once our God has appeared to us as a baby in a feeding trough, there is no place safe. There is no place safe where we can hide." from this love. This love is sustaining love. You and I are invited, invited to abide in this love. Isn't that a wonderful concept, to abide in the love of Jesus Christ? So how are we to love? How are we to love as Jesus loves us? What does that look like? I am helped by the writings of Robert McAfee Brown in his book, Reclaiming the Bible, because Brown says he found one phrase and one hymn that to him sums up the heart of the Christian message. So that got my attention when I read that. The hymn is by a 17th century divine named Samuel Crossman, and the title is, My Song is Love Unknown, and we're going to sing it in a few minutes. The phrase that for Brown summed up the Christian message is, love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. Isn't that powerful? Love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. This command to love is not for you and me just to love the lovable, the people who look like us, act like us, think like us, have the same theology that we have. No, Jesus says even the tax collectors do that. Uh You and I are to love the ones who are hard to love, the ones who are difficult to love. This kind of love is gonna take us to the margins to love those people we have trouble caring about, much less loving. I had a friend who served on a variety of national boards and she said she went to one of her board meetings and on their board was this person, this man who was quite obnoxious. And she said no one liked him. He just kind of irritated everybody. And when they would take a break at the coffee break, she said some of her friends would circle up and hope that he wouldn't come into their circle. You maybe have met someone like this. And so she said they, they went on like that for a long time. And then she said one time after a board meeting, about two weeks after a board meeting, she got a phone call telling her that this man had gone into his garage and committed suicide. And she said, I forgot. I forgot something I have known all my life. She said, I forgot that people are not obnoxious because they want to be. They are obnoxious because they are hurting Love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. I have another friend who has a daughter, Carol, and in her high school years, Carol put herself and all those around her through a living hell. Carol's life included drugs, skipping school, sexual promiscuity, attempted suicide, pregnancy out of marriage, and lots and lots of anger. Carol could not love herself, and so she couldn't love those around her and set out to prove that she was loveless. And on one particularly terribly difficult day, Carol and her mother were into it. And Carol's mother said, Carol, I want you to know, no matter what you say and no matter what you do, I am going to love you love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. This is powerful love. This is difficult love, hard love. Now there's a footnote here about loving. And it is this, that sometimes the loving we need to tend to may have to do with ourselves. They need to start with us. I have a, a You know, we can't love other people if we don't love ourselves. That's a fact of life. And I have an affirmation that I wrote years and years ago that I use primarily in youth ministry because some of us know by experience that adolescence can get pretty difficult. And so I wrote this affirmation of faith and used it for years. Then all of a sudden, it's kind of like God's knocking on my door saying, this works for adults too. And so it does indeed work for adults. And I'm going to invite you to join me in this affirmation by our lining it out. So it's a little like a metronome that slows it down and helps us to hear the words. So I will say a line and you repeat after me if you want to participate in this affirmation. And if you want to close your eyes, that's okay too, because the importance is hearing the meaning of these brief words. So I invite us to affirm together. I am a child of God. I am, child of God. I, am loved. I am loved. Even if or when I mess up, I mess up God, still me. God still loves me. I am a child of God. I am, a child of God. I am, loved. I am loved. Friends, if you have trouble believing these words, are believing them to the extent that you need to believe them in your lives. I invite you to say these words outline, out loud and often, preferably in front of a mirror, until you come to know the truth in these words. We cannot make God not love us. Some people have tried, but it doesn't work. Love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. So what stops us from loving God loving Christ as Christ loves us? I think the answer to that is our unwillingness to risk. Because to love like this means we have to risk, and the risk is vulnerability. We are not in charge. Love is. Love is and it's gonna take us to places where we can get hurt by loving in this way. We know that, I want you to know that Carol's story has a bit of a happy ending, so that she is now raising that child and attending to her education and learning to love herself and others, coming to know the love of God and Jesus Christ. Here's a wonderful quote by C.S. Lewis, little like the Beekner quote. The only place safe outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all of the dangers of love is hell. Isn't that interesting? I'm going to say that again. The only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers of love is hell. So, friends, if we are going to love as Christ loved us, we'll find ourselves doing amazing things. And we have some interesting global examples of that. Think of the loving things we saw following the gun violence and murders in Charleston, South Carolina. Think of the Nobel Peace Prize recipient Malala Yousafzai of Pakistan, who refuses to hate those who attacked her. Think of the loving things going on right now in Paris and around the world, giving a loud no to that kind of violence, and a loud yes to love, to love. I will date myself, dare to quote a poem by Rod McEwen. LAUGHTER <laughs> but I do it anyway, because he has a wonderful poem that's entitled, that time for loving might not come again. Isn't that wonderful? It's a little nudge to you and me that says, if you think of something loving to do, do it. And if you can, do it right then. I wanna tell you about a, a ministry that has influenced my ministry called the Ministry of Cards. It's simply that during my ministry, from time to time, I would receive cards from people on about Wednesday morning of a week thanking me for a sermon or thanking me for helping out someplace or for visiting someone. And every time I got those cards, they went down into the bottom right-hand drawer. And I kept those cards. And on a not-so-good day, I would pull some of those things out and read them and be fed by them. I did this for a very long time before I dared share that with some of my colleagues that I did this. (laughs) They said, "Uh, yeah, we all do that. (laughs) You know, those people who wrote those cards thought they were doing a little thing. It was not. It was a loving thing. And it feeds me and my colleagues. To love as Jesus loves us means loving even our enemies and praying for them. And this is a difficult thing for us to hear and be reminded of on a day like this. Joseph Campbell said in The Power of Myth that he found the Christian instruction to love our neighbors to be the highest form of love he discovered in any of the world's religions. When we love our neighbors, we disarm them. So I think loving our neighbors in this day and time needs a lot of attention. And so I share with you, uh, in these closing words, a form of prayer called metta, M-E-T-T-A. It is a Buddhist form of prayer, and it starts off easy and ends up hard. Because there are four parts to the meta. You write a meta prayer for yourself. Your yearnings, your longings, and you lay it out to God. And then you pray that prayer. And then for the second step, you choose someone you love. And you pray that same prayer for that person. And then in a the third step, you take the same prayer and pray it for someone you barely know. Yeah. And the fourth form is to pray it for someone you find hard to love, for your enemies. And that's powerful, folks. If we do that with honesty and integrity, it's hard. It's hard. But I want to suggest to you that the meta prayer may be a form of prayer that will help us pray our way into loving even our enemies. In Jesus' Commandments saying, love as I love you. We are given an opportunity to be a part of a life-changing ministry. And I know this, that as we do say yes to doing that kind of loving, we will grow in our faith, and the joy that we have in the faith will be deepened. How shall you and I respond to this high-calling To love. May God lead us to faithful responding. Friends, if you have heard the word of God proclaimed this day, give to that God the glory, the honor, and the praise. Amen? Amen. Amen.
0: Again, let us pray. These are times, O God, that our silence must suffice as praise. Even as we struggle for adequate words to express our sorrow, we pray your Spirit intercede on our behalf with sighs too deep for words. In the wake of acts of terror in Paris and in Lebanon, our hearts are heavy and break under the weight of grief, anger, and fear we remember to you, O God, all those living and dead who were victims of these dreadful tragedies. God of compassion, make your face to shine upon those who have lost friends, family members, co-workers, and neighbors. Bring your healing presence to those who suffer injuries and trauma following such terrible violence. Empower those who care for them, who love them. O God, in times past, present, and future, you are our ultimate help. We look to you to bring peace final and lasting between nations, peoples, and people on the earth. We struggle to believe that the violent form of this world is passing away. So we pray you renew our hope and therefore our witness to your peace known to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. May your peaceable kingdom come quickly. And may you help us to love those whom we cannot ourselves love. Call your church, loving God, around the world to ministries of comfort, justice, and peace. May it be increased in courage, unity, and faith as it stands in solidarity with Christians and humans everywhere against the powers of evil, death, and fear. May your church be a foretaste and a witness to the joyful life which you intend for the whole world, even now while the world waits in pain. Even as we remember those far away, we pray also for those in our own congregation and community affected by violence, illness, and economic despair. Help us to love one another, not only with kind words, but also with concern and kind deeds. Strengthen our baptismal bonds to one another and to you, O God. Into your hands we commend all for whom we pray, trusting your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. The one who taught us to boldly pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another Sermon from First Press.